Welcome back to The Red Carpet, the podcast where we look at how well or how terribly our favorite books have been adapted to the big screen. I'm Mad. I'm Cass. And we are so excited you've tuned in. Today, we have some very, 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 very special guests on the pod. Without further ado, Chelsea and Taryn. So I'm pretty sure we've talked about Chelsea and Taryn on every single episode so far. (laughs) You have, and it's been an absolute honor to be mentioned. I feel so special. I'm like, oh my gosh, they know me. We know. So if you don't know, Chelsea and Taryn have their own podcast, Checked Out and Overdue. It's how we all, how we all met. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the on the gram, on the pod. <laughs> in those DMs. In those DMs. <laughs> we do we see us a review and we started crying and it's fine. <laughs> We're all best friends now. And it's and honestly all of the effort that we've put into the podcast is worth it purely for these friendships. Oh hundred so. percent. Yeah. 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 Could not agree more. Okay, so we have a few questions. We've talked about you a lot, but just so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit, we have a few questions for you. Deal. Okay. Okay. So our first question is, what is your favorite book-to-screen adaptation? It can be movie, TV show, like, sky's the limit. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Do I, I only get one? Yeah, yeah you, get, you get one. one. How, Ooh. if I'm going to get to know you, what's the answer? I okay 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 more clarifying questions uh-huh. are we saying like <laughs> the most accurate or like or Mm-mm. just like your favorite like, it is your favorite your the comfort, one you love the most guilty pleasure you okay love okay it. there's nothing wrong in your mind we're gonna do something that's like a good median of all of them I'm gonna say the line the witch in the wardrobe excellent oh excellent I think it's it does well in the accuracy it's just a good movie yeah. The soundtrack's amazing. It's cozy. It sparked my massive love for crush on Barnes. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Also. <laughs> I was a huge Edmund stan for many years. Uh-huh. But okay, uh, it. it's like answer. the OG liking the bad boy one because he likes yes! better. But like, why were we His... 12 and we're like that one? That's no, the one no, 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 no. You've got right. me all wrong. It's, it's, a, I am a sucker for a good redemption arc. It's why Zuko mm. is my favorite Avatar Last Airbender character. <gasps> yes. A good yes. redemption arc. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. And Edmund has one of the best redemption arcs. So that's true. I was watching, so I will say I didn't finish Avatar because I got scared and then I got <laughs> too nervous. I couldn't finish it. And this is scared. Oh, God. Two years ago, guys. I am. Oh, my God. Hey, you I have need homework. to finish it. You have homework. <laughs> but I was like, how old am I now? 28. I was like 26 years <laughs> old. And I was like, why am I attracted to this animated character? <laughs> Zuko. <laughs> Like, oh, I mean, I and Sokka, woman. Oh, yes. And I was like, season, I was like, season two, was like, season two, Zuko. <sighs> Every season. <laughs> Dude, my husband just walked in. As I said. <laughs> Incredible. Season two of an animated character. Yeah. Hey, we're doing great. But. I know. I got to the point where uh, his sisters and all her crazy friends were impersonating the other guards and I was and they're all coming back and I was like it's too much and I had to stop I was Sarah what's your favorite it. adaptation yep we're off we're <laughs> off track Pass, way to keep us on track yep yeah yep. teacher um, mode activate I have I have a lot of movies that I like 
However, to prove a point, I would like to say the old Pride and Prejudice movie. Yes. For the reason of, it is one of the most accurate book to screen adaptations of all time. And I will support it with all my heart because I would watch a six hour movie that was like super duper accurate. Let's not pretend like we wouldn't watch it. So that's why it has my full support. If you make any of my books into like, I love this, the TV shows. One of my others is Shadow and Bone. Mm-hmm. because I think they do such a good job and it doesn't have to be the exact words in the book, but just don't flip and change everybody's names or change their personalities or how they look or the storyline. That's how I feel. Yep. yep. So- <laughs> I agree. That is anyway, a fantastic prejudice. adaptation. I, oh, I mean, beautiful. I watch it multiple times a year. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch yeah. it. I still haven't seen it. I, you just bought <laughs> we it need though. To do, I did. <laughs> we, we need to do a six hour long movie together like we just <laughs> ignore our significant others you're not going to see me for eight hours and that's all we do is we just sit and I watch guess. it together I first time we meet yeah I yeah like if oh I was my gonna gosh. Commit, though, I need to read the book first I still haven't oh. ever read Pride and Prejudice oh, no. girl it's a free I've never it's... read a Jane Austen book in my life guys wow I've, I've only about read this. Pride and Prejudice but get on it Chelsea I know <laughs> I know Chelsea I'm gonna you can, if you log into my Audible, which I know you're already logged in, you can get Pride and Prejudice for free. It's just one that you can no, just listen to. I own to. it. I, I own Pride and Prejudice. I own a physical copy and an audiobook copy. And I've just, Chelsea, I've just get I've checked it out of the together. library like five times and I've just, <laughs> I've just never read it. Wow. I'm, I'm so sorry. Well, okay. wow. we still love you. What's your favorite movie, Chelsea? Like any movie. Uh, okay. Okay. Depends on the day. Sure. Okay. Top probably top ever after. Mm. Starring Drew Barrymore. Yep. Incredible. Yep. My go-to comfort movie. I'm like fully aware, completely aware that it is not the best movie ever made on like any standard, but for some reason it's just it's such a comforting movie to me that I can I I love it. I adore it. Love that movie. So it's so good. Or Megamind. <laughs> Wow, those are on ah, different, 180 different spectrums. On. <laughs> it's a classic, guys. Okay. It is. it is. Can't argue there. All right, Taryn, what's your favorite movie? Oh my gosh. It's just like asking who my favorite child is. I don't even have one of those yet. If we're going for pure comfort and like one of my go-to, like I will watch it like while I do dishes or whatever, it's either Princess and the Frog or Rodel Dorado. I'm just going yes. full cartoon movies, but they both have fantastic so soundtracks. And I'm just like on the trail, we blaze like scrubbing dishes yes. and it just makes you feel good. It makes I'm- me feel good because if I had to have guessed a movie for you, I would have guessed Princess and the Frog. Chelsea, <laughs> we are on the same freaking True wave. Friends. <laughs> True friendship. I love Princess and the Frog. It's so good. So good. I haven't seen it. Oh, God. are you serious? Your Disney Plus. That's another right yes, down. I have, have like physical plus, homework. Yeah. Take yep. out your planner that I know That's you, you have. That's a good one. Write it down. <laughs> it's such a good Come one. On. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So many right. revelations. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Favorite books. What do we got? Eden Brook by Julianne Donaldson. Perfect. Said that so fast. Kate. So it's, she's a Christian author. If we're, again, if we're going books that just I know every single time I read it, I'm going to feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edenbrook. It has one of the sweetest romances. There's this scene where the guy main character teaches the girl how to write a love note. Oh, 
man, it there, it's good. Okay. It's good. If you want a good, happy read, but also just pulls at your heart, Eden Brooke, Julianne Donaldson or anything by Sarah Eden. I, that's what I thought you were going to say at first. I, I Sarah Eden's also just, oh, she makes me so happy. She's it's just fantastic. so good. I just, just tried to convince my sister-in-law to read one of her books yesterday. She's Chelsea, on my list because of concerned. you guys. Yeah. It, she should be. They're, they're will, really fun. And they're so easy. And I love, I, I'm not going to get into this. I love Sarah Eden. Amen. Moving on. <laughs> Amen. All right, Chelsea. Okay. This is probably a dumb thing, but it, it's gotta be one of the Harry Potter books. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the third one, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. An excellent choice. Excellent. Yeah. Is I, I, I kind of jump back and forth with favorites in that series, but I'm going to most frequently it's probably Prisoner of Azkaban. That's what I'm, that's what I'm sticking with. I kind of figured that Harry Potter was off the table because that's what we were discussing today, <laughs> but I would like it known that that whole series is also in my favorite list, but yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's up there. <laughs> yeah. If I had to go outside Harry Potter, it would probably be his majesty's dragon. That's what I would have guessed. <laughs> Dragons I'm in both shocked. series. Or Aragorn. <laughs> yeah. Shocked. I love it. Yeah, I, love I know. It so I know. I love it. <laughs> All right, wrapping up then, what is your favorite genre? Fancy. Easy. Uh, <laughs> fantasy. Fantasy. Two fantasy know. gals. It's, yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. it's a problem. And we've discussed this many times on our podcast of the reason that Chelsea and I read is to have fun. And oh, yeah. it is 99% guaranteed. If you're reading a fantasy book, it's something crazy and it's something fun. Mm-hmm. And so I want... I want to read about magical powers. I want to read about magical politics. Do I care about real life politics? No, it makes me want to throw up magical politics. Yeah, now that's my jam. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you. I know, I feel like not a lot of people would agree with this, but if you gave me two books and you're like, this one is fantasy with romance or this one is fantasy with dragons, I would take the dragons over the romance. Oh, well, we know. And I'm not, not that I don't <laughs> love a good romance book, but... Uh, Romanticy. What about dragon romance not in like a weird like not in a group <laughs> those exist I like, yeah. no, 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 no. listen i mean like two dragons being in love podcast, not, yeah, that, not, not, not the katie robert one not that one that's not what i'm talking about i'm just saying what if we made what if there was a book where two dragons fall in love just like nice non-explicit love <laughs> I'd, re- I'd read that. I'd read it. Thank you. I'd Thank read you. it. I would. Write it, Cass. Yeah, yeah write it and I'll great. read it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm gosh. on the job. All right. That was amazing. I feel like I know you guys so much more now. It's not like we text every single day. It's not like we text now, every right? day. Uh, is ever, how's everyone doing? We all doing doing well? My My school starts up again in a week. <laughs> and oh, wow. I'm ignoring it. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. Just I, move, full... I move in a week and I'm ignoring that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, um, Anybody else have something weird happening in a week? <laughs> um, no. I, no. well, maybe, who knows? I'm still applying for jobs. Like, that's my job. My job is currently applying for jobs. <laughs> Breaking news from Editing Cast. If you're caught up on the podcast, then you know that I have, in fact, found a job, meaning this section of the podcast is not entirely relevant. 
Could I have made some cuts? Absolutely. Was it more fun to do an editing cast as a newscaster update? Also, absolutely. Now, let's get back to the show. Um, and I hate it. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to quit. I want to quit applying. I want to quit my job. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I'm literally, I'm like counting down the hours until I can go down to Arizona and see Taryn. And that's, yes, that's it. Yes, that's yes, my whole yes, life yes, right yes, now. Yes. So Very this is coming out way after this event, but way I'm after. still like yeah. the world needs to know that this has happened in the podcast yes. black hole. Yeah. Yep. The, the time loop of podcasts. Time yeah. That's where we're, we're just at. full on tide tra- travelers at this point. And know. Um, you know, put that on I your did- resume cast. I okay. did start watching guys Doctor Who for the first time in my life, homies. That that'd be a weird show. Uh, I've never watched you. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's special. I watched it specifically for David Tennant, and I had to watch a whole season before he showed up. Yeah, <laughs> rude. Honestly, that's how honestly. that works. Yeah, well, well. it's kind of special. It's just, it, yeah. Anyway, uh, what what are we? What cast? What are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Actually, I'm like in this weird time where I'm between books. Like I have not started a new one yet, but my next book is going to be The Queen of Nothing, the Mm -hmm. third book in the Cruel Prince trilogy. I'm honestly very excited, very excited to see how this is all going to play out. And I actually just finished Anxious People, which is like perfect that we're doing this with Chelsea and Taryn because I had not really had an interest in reading it until I listened to the first part of their episode of their review of anxious people. And I was like, Oh, I got to read this. This sounds so interesting. And we then I suggested it. Yay. Yes. And then I suggested <laughs> it for my book club and my whole book club is reading it. So. Oh my gosh, yeah. Taryn, we're influencers. We're influencers. You, are. you really are. You really are. Yeah. So yeah, I just finished that. And I cried a lot last night at like 12 o'clock when I finished it. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> big, big feelings. Yes. Big feelings. Big feelings. Chelsea, what about you? What are you reading right now? I am kind of like, I've started like four books. I'm in a tiny bit of a reading slump. So I've started The Forgotten Garden. I've started Mistborn. I have like 20 minutes left in the next Harry Potter book after this. I I just, I'm struggling. struggling yeah. Like, yeah, struggling to cross the finish line right now on a lot of books. You got this. I feel that. <laughs> so... I really, I really just want to like comfort read, but yeah, there's too many, too many books to reread too many yeah. books. There's too many books to read for me to do a reread right now, I know, but that's yeah. all I want. That's how do. I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Taryn, what about you? By no surprise, my current reads look identical to Chelsea's <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> I am also reading the forgotten garden because that's one, that's our next episode, our next review that we're going to do. But I'm reading the second Mistborn book, and I current I just started the fourth Harry Potter book. I nice. this is not we did not consult on this. I didn't wow. know she had started Mistborn. Twin <laughs> I'm like a YouTube. chapter in. I'm only like a chapter in. I like still, opened it and I was like it's trippy. Well, currently I just finished reading Nora Goes Off Script, which it was kind of like a book lovers type thing where it's like about an industry. A woman named Nora. A woman. Oh my god! I didn't even. even. What? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, and she's like in the industry, talking about the cliches of the industry and Uh. all happening to her. 
Mm-hmm. And, but it wasn't like as good as Emily Henry at first. And then I got good. And I was like, oh, okay. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then I'm thinking about starting historical fiction and I'm a little nervous about it. So we'll see if I do that. Okay. I see it on the thing beyond the lavender fields. That's mm-hmm. on our, that we're reviewing that next month. Well, then I got to read yeah. it. Then I'm reading it. Did you, I didn't realize when I first saw it, whenever it's, whenever, which is bad, whenever I see historical fiction, I just kind of assume it's like a Regency. Yeah. like historical but it's it is the french revolution yes and i, oh. I didn't realize that and now i'm like i'll read it yeah. i love the french revolution I, it was terrible a, but yeah it's a library book due back in like five days i think so i was like all right i'm gonna read the first chapter and see what i think and i was like yeah. it's pretty good so i didn't know that you there you go liked library books Wait, yeah, you check out books from the library? You guys, I'm down to 50 <laughs> books out from the library. Wow. Right now. Oh my gosh. 50. I love that for Although you. I have like 14 on hold. It's fine. Incredible. To get to what we're talking about yeah. today. <laughs> oh yeah, well, are we doing a podcast right oh, now? What are we doing? Do- <laughs> Why are we here? This wasn't just a fun <laughs> FaceTime call. It is. It really is. So today we're talking about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yes. Cass, you want to tell us what this little book is about? Absolutely. So this book picks up after the events of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, It's getting towards the end of summer. Harry has not heard from any of his friends. Dobby the house elf shows up and is like, oh, your friends don't want to talk to you. And Harry's like, how do you know that? Dobby says you can't go back to Hogwarts uh Dobby drops a cake on their guests and Harry gets blamed of course because why would a house elf be there he gets in trouble bars on the window gets broken out by the fabulous Weasley siblings he goes to the burrow for the first time he gets to go to Diagon Alley diagonally with them and diagonally. He nocturne alley and he gets uh in a bad situation they go back to school or actually before they go back to school they can't get on the platform bad things are happening they get back to school Dobby didn't want them there because some evil is out and about in the castle, petrifying students and bad things are happening. Hermione gets petrified. They, Harry and Ron go on an adventure in the forest in a car and they save the day by uh, having one of their professors obliviated. Honestly, the governors of the school should be more concerned about all the other professors, not <laughs> Haggard and Dumbledore, because there are some bad teachers at this school. Whoever is and, in charge um, of hiring. Yeah, absolutely. And it's Dumbledore. Dumbledore's, Dumbledore's in charge. Yeah, Dumbledore, so, as I said on our Sorcerer's Stone episode, which you all haven't heard yet as we're recording this, Dumbledore sucks and I hate him. But anyways, <laughs> Ginny gets taken into the Chamber of Secrets. They save her. Da, 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 da. chaos ensues Dobby is free and free. that's the chamber of wow. secrets wow 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 <laughs> that, that was amazing <laughs> was it was it really I feel like that I was... missed some key plot points in nope. there but nope you hit you hit all yeah. the solid ones I mean <laughs> you you missed one of my favorite I don't even know what like thing to call him like what title he deserves but and like not an anti-hero or even like an anti-villain he's just obnoxious my my boy gilderoy oh gilderoy <laughs> <What a guy. laughs> i loki yeah i have a lot of feelings about him. <laughs> mostly bad but he's hilarious oh for sure but he just yeah. he just kills me i was like no. i love kind of characters like that where it's like do you have a purpose no 
besides being ridiculous yeah besides being ridiculous like that is your character and I love it (laughs) yeah so on our Sorcerer's Stone episode we talked about how Matt and I experienced Harry Potter for the first time of like reading the books and watching the movies the very traditional I told a very long story about when I first read them and then watched the movies so excited yeah, Chelsea and Taryn, what was your experience with reading and then watching the Harry Potter movies the first time? So I think, yeah. yeah. So my dad picked up a copy of the first Harry Potter book, read it, loved it. And he's like, my children would love this. So he'd get a little stool and set it in between the girls' rooms and the boys' rooms, me, my sister, and then my two brothers. And he would read them out loud to us while we went to sleep and that was how I read the Harry Potter books so then every year when it came out he'd go pick it up at midnight and like I distinctly remember I think it was when this fifth or sixth book came out like my dad called in sick to work he called us all in sick to school and we just sat and read all day and it was it was just magical and then that's we so went, beautiful we went to the midnight showings of every single Harry Potter movie except Harry Potter Part two, the like very last movie. Oh, no. It was, we were at, we were at our family cabin and the nearest theater was like two and a half hours away no. through a canyon. And my dad wasn't there. And my mom was like, I don't want you guys driving at like three in the morning. And I was like, it's very valid. It was very valid, but it yeah. like kind of destroyed my soul a tiny bit. So we would, we would like sleep in our, cause we, if the rule was if we wanted to go to the midnight showing of the movie, we had to go to bed early. So we'd go to bed at like five o'clock and like all of us would crawl into our closets with our pillow and blanket so we could close the door and fall asleep. It was, it was magical guys. Like it was that's so wonderful, so, beautiful. so much fun. And like, that's why no matter how good a book is, nothing will ever compete with Harry Potter for me. Wow. It's just, yeah. It's just amazing. Understandably. Yeah. yeah. So that was my right. experience. All right, Taryn. Good luck following that one. Yeah. I can't. And I, and like, <laughs> well, last why did she go did, first? Because <laughs> I, I knew Chelsea's was better. I, I've heard Chelsea's story, and every single time I just want to go give her dad a hug and be like, you're really cool. I Thanks know. for doing that. I feel like ever. I'm, yeah. He's, Reed's great. He's letting us throw a Harry Potter party at his house this weekend. And I don't think he really knows. I don't think he knows what's coming for it. <laughs> He's not ready. The way that Chelsea and I met, which is not super important, but it's fun. My mom worked with Chelsea's dad and then we went to the same church, but that's really, I think because our parents worked together, it made me more comfortable, like reaching out to Chelsea. And so that's kind of, so my mom and, and Chelsea's dad are our friends. And my mom loved Harry Potter. I just talked to her the other day and she, she had started the first book because she was like, oh, I want to make sure that, cause kind of same thing. My kids are going to read this and I just want to make sure it's good. But then she just fell in love with it. So my mom, I remember when the seventh book came out and I didn't read it, but I remember my mom reading it. And she was like, don't talk to me for a day. Like, if this is important. And I was like, yes, (laughs) ma'am. And so she read the seventh book. And then I I know that when the first movie came out, my youngest sister was like two months old and my mom was still breastfeeding. And she plugged her little ears with cotton balls and she brought her to the midnight premiere because my mom was not going to miss it. Let's go. That's hilarious. I love it. So (laughs) I honestly don't remember the first time that I read the book because I felt like 
I experienced it with my, with like my mom telling me about it. And so I honestly don't remember the first time, but a few summers back, I decided to start re-listening to them over the summers. Cause I got all of the audiobooks, And so now like, I just listen to them all the time, like just randomly. And so I, I listened to all seven, the last two summers in a row. I love so, that. That's my experience. That. And then I love the movies. I think they're fun. So ratings for this book and movie on Goodreads, the Chamber of Secrets book has a 4.43 rating, which is 0.02 less than Sorcerer's Stone. Wow. Very close. People are really specific. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it five stars, of course, because again, nostalgia just... It's mm-hmm. always going to be five stars. What about you all? <laughs> yeah, five. I mean, infinity stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the the movie is a little bit of a different story. <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, 82%, which is still pretty good for Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Audience score, a little bit lower. It's 80%. And IMDb gives it a 7.4 out of 10. That's Which low. I thought was interesting. It's lower than the first one, I think. And I think this yeah. movie's better than the first oh, one. So I do too. Well, yeah. Yeah. I gave it a 8.5 out of 10. And I this I don't know if this is like a controversial Harry Potter movie opinion, but I think Chamber of Secrets is the best adaptation of the whole series. I would agree with that. I would agree. 100 mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. It's the best adaptation from the books. Is it the best of the movies? No. Is it the best of the books? Also, no. But it's the best adaptation. <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's the most accurate adaptation. I yeah. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah, After I gave it. It just goes downhill. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. But also, like uphill, I don't. It's, it's confusing. In some ways, uphill accuracy and quality, goes like down. downhill and accuracy. It's, it's confusing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I kind of always, I watch the first one because they're so little and cute. And then I like mm-hmm. watch the third one because it's my favorite. And then I watch, like, I kind of like jump around. So I really don't watch the second one as much. But watching this, I was like, wait, this is better than the first one. Yeah. I was like, why don't I watch this one instead of the first one? It just reminds me of the days when I thought that life was going to be a lot easier. And I feel like Harry thought a life was going to be a lot easier. <laughs> oh and then gosh. you know where it's going. <laughs> Yep. And so I love like the youthful innocence of they still feel like they're just like solving mysteries. Right. Yeah. It's like the and but then like they don't even know where it's going. So I gave it a solid nine because I feel like for their acting, for being actually like 13 years old, I thought they did great. I loved Gilderoy, love the teachers as actors. I just I think overall it's a good movie. Yeah. Yep. Anything to add, Chelsea? Yeah, no, it's like pretty much ditto for t- like is Taryn. Like I'd say it's a, it's a good nine, like eight. I feel like it's between eight and a half, nine. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just I think part of me loves it because of its accuracy, but it's also not my favorite Harry Potter story. So it's kind of like a, a weird yes. in between thing. Yes, mm-hmm. I totally definitely. Agree. Okay, so when we get into our rating breakdown, we're gonna talk about casting and acting first. So how do we like the casting and then how do we like how they acted? We're going to talk about how percent like similar the book is. We're going to talk about things we didn't like that are different. Things that maybe we are neutral about slash like that is different. <laughs> uh, I again have a few questions I want to discuss as a group uh, that I have because of the book. The setting, the soundtrack, and then our favorite se- segment, the quotes that we love. Yes. From, from <laughs> yes. 
Okay, so let's talk about casting and acting, and let's talk about the new characters that we have in the movie. So what do you guys, like, just generally think about casting of this movie? Amazing. Phenomenal. Yeah, Jason I, I Isaacs. Oh, Jason yes. Isaacs is so good. Iconic. Such He's such a good Lucius. Honestly, though, I feel like my favorite casting is Kenneth Branagh as Gilderoy Lockhart. Yes. Like, he, he's such a good Gilderoy. Like, annoying character. Sometimes I want to strangle him. Fantastic casting. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because he's another one of those, like, British acting royalty. Yeah. Absolutely playing a fool. Like, yes. You know what I mean? He does it so well. And I'm like, I'm like, this guy marries Emma Thompson. Like, (laughs) what? Yep. And then I think, don't they both end up cheating on? each other with other people that are in the Harry Potter movies. Don't tell me that. Sorry. Sorry. How dare you? What? I know nobody in Hollywood is what I want them to be, but let me live in my dreams. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I did not know know that. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Hate to be the bearer of bad news. I think one of them was (laughs) Helena Bonham Carter, but... No, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, we're not here for celebrity um, gossip. <laughs> That's not no, this podcast. Tune into a different podcast. Um, yes. I love Mr. Weasley. I love Lucius. I love, I think it's hilarious that the lady who plays Moaning Myrtle is like 40 years old. <laughs> so like, old. She's, she's not so young. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so entertaining to me. But Let's I see. just love them all. Yeah, we have Dobby as one of our other new characters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dobby's my favorite Harry Potter character, I think. Like, out of all the characters, I'm Dobby's my favorite. I (laughs) really, dropping some hot takes. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Dobby, but favorite of all of them? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And then second is Hermione slash Ginny. They kind of switch. Okay, but book Ginny. Book, book yeah, Ginny, obviously. Is superior to literally everything, and they did her dirty. So did we'll, we'll dirty. talk about it. We will yep. talk about it. Sorry. But, yeah, I love Dobby. Um, my voice. favorite, when when he's at Harry's house, and Harry's chasing him through the house, and he just <laughs> runs smack into the wall. <laughs> I lost yep. it. I was laughing so hard. Oh, it's so great. I love I love these moments that comparing the book to the movie where in the book things happen like calmly. Like in the book, Harry walks <laughs> into his room and Dobby's just like chilling on he's his on bed. The he's bed, just like sitting. Hello, Mr. Potter. But in the movie, he's like, ah, <laughs> like jumping. jumping around. Yeah. It just yep. makes me think of the fourth book where instead of like, Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of so, Incoherent like, everything. <laughs> so good. Oh. So yeah. So we have Mark Williams who plays Mr. Weasley. He's excellent. He's, I he love didn't him. Have, he didn't have a good career um stealing Dalmatians. So he did instead, not. Not he, a bright future. Yeah. Wait, what? He's, he's in, in 101, 101 Dalmatians. Dalmatians. <laughs> he's one of the guys <laughs> with Glenn Close. Yep. Yeah. No, he's not. Yeah, he's a thief. He's like, <clears throat> what's Jasper and what's the other one? 
No, I don't. Thanks. I only remember Jasper's name. Yeah, yeah. I did yeah. not know this. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Yeah. Wow. I haven't seen yep. those movies I, since I was like line. Eight. His line of "What exactly is the function of a rubber duck?" A rubber duck. <laughs> it's so not in the book, but I freaking love it. <laughs> and positive, positive change. change. Yes. Yes. Change. <laughs> Absolutely. Then we have as Gilderoy Lockhart, as we already kind of mentioned, Kenneth Branagh, who is. I iconic. I this might be like the best Harry Potter Cassie that happens in the entire series. It's up there. If it's not the best, it's up there because I. It's pretty amazing. It's so good. Yeah. Honestly, lol. I feel like it's him and Helena Bonham Carter are like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. But Although, if we're gonna really uh, lol, I, I think Emma Thompson is spot on. <laughs> <for Ronnie's laughs> Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're all so good. They're all so good. See, Lupin. So Lupin is one of my favorite casting. Oh, yes. He's not um, problematic, so. is he? <laughs> anyway, uh, David Thewlis. No, I don't think so. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Also up there, top castings of all time: Lucius Malfoy, played by wow. Jason Isaacs. Mm-hmm. They expanded wow. the movie role because of his acting. They like weren't going to so have good. him yep. in the movies as much, and they expanded it because you he's have to phenomenal. You have, and to. then he just so bullied um, what's his bucket on set every day. Yeah. Um, Tom felt <laughs> all the children. He just walked yeah. and he's like, "This kid's nasty," and he was just yeah. like, "I'm gonna be mean." <laughs> And he led to one of the, Jason Isaacs was in a scene where young Dan Radcliffe improvised one of the most iconic Harry Potter lines ever. Yeah. So good. I love, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Dobby voiced by Toby Jones. Hilarious. I love it. It's not too squeaky, which I appreciate because it could have gotten real like cartoonish and bad, but it didn't. Uh, we have Colin Creevy played by Hugh Mitchell, the so cutest cute. little nugget. He's adorable. Honestly, there's like a couple scenes in the movie where he's just like, hi, Harry. And I was like, yep, they, it's good. Yeah, he did good. good. <laughs> he's not, not hard really to do, but like, <laughs> he nailed it. Yeah. Uh, Moaning Myrtle played by Shirley Henderson. Again, so funny. Her performance so funny. cracks me up so much. And then the last of the new characters, I think the last that I wrote down anyway, is uh, young Tom Riddle played by Christian Coulson. Very good. He gets like the cold demeanor of him yeah. very well. And then ever everyone else is the same as the last movie, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. They did. Which is I, pretty impressive. Yeah. I think there's a there's big a lot step of first up. to second movies. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a big step up in the quality of the acting. We mentioned, well, Reese mentioned in the last one that Rupert Grint is the best out of the trio in the first one. I think that continues, even though Dan and Emma marked improvement. Oh, but I think Rupert is still carrying the trio. His facial expressions mm-hmm. stole the whole freaking movie. Absolutely. Oh my Absolutely. gosh. I was yep. dying. Dying. Yeah. Just his, I can't even do it myself. He's just like, <laughs> I can't do it. It's so it's funny like, though. It's this hilarious. Harry, <laughs> can we turn back now? It's so good. Oh, the spiders. <laughs> spiders. I also love, well, and I know Emma talks about it in the reunion, how it's like her first piece of big acting. Yeah. Um, 
at Hagrid's hut. But my favorite moment of hers was in the herbology lesson when they're doing mandrakes. And she's like, what do you use mandrakes for? And she raised her hand and then Professor Sprout calls on her and she goes, and then it answers. And I was like, wow, I relate to you so much. <laughs> mandrake or mandragora. <laughs> but it was just this little like, yep. okay, I can do I'm this. I'm ready. And then she answers. And I was like, yeah, same. Fair, fair. That's her Ravenclaw showing. Oh, it really yeah. is. It really is. Uh, the Dursleys continue to steal the show at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, they really do. They're so entertaining. Suddenly going, and I'll be in the foyer. Like, ready like, to open the door. <laughs> so funny. Yep. And yeah, everyone else is great. Like all the adults, like we said, spot on. They're amazing. Ginny, the only kid that's not so great. But again, I think... I don't think that's Bonnie Wright's fault by any means. Uh, I don't think that it's her fault at all. They took away all of her good parts in the book. Like she could have shown, she could have had so many moments interacting with Harry, but they just took They cut all the content of Ginny and it sucks. It's hard too, because I feel like the second book, you do get a lot more of like, 11 year old awkward weird Ginny yeah Mm -hmm. and so I feel like when they started to cut some of those little scenes in this book I feel like it had a really big impact down the road where yeah as she grows in the books we don't see any of that growth in the movies and so it's really it's just really disappointing super disappointing yeah because you're left with a lot of the like non-verbal scenes of her so she like Mm -hmm. barely even talks in this movie even though like in the book, she's the next most important character after some of the main people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she's she's important. And she does have quite a few scenes that are just non-existent in the movies in this book and then continuing yeah. um, horrendously through all the books or all the movies. It gets yeah. so bad. I don't even want to think me. about it. It makes me uh, so mad. But well, I think she's a great Ginny, though. So oh, She's a great, yeah. It's not her fault that the script was bad yeah. for her. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's get into other things that make us mad. That's my segue into hey. negative changes or things we just maybe weren't happy that weren't included, that they did differently. Yep. Not again, not so much different, more abridged. I understand why they made some of these cuts, some of these cuts, but um, don't have to be happy about them. So no, we'll no. start with that. <laughs> I wanted to see Mr. Weasley and Lucius throw hands yes! in yes! the bookstore yes instead of just this like glaring like i wanted to see him yeah. hop and just ah! and then hagrid breaking really up funny. the fight like it's mm-hmm. so good it's so good Ugh. like the tension is there definitely in the movie yes. but it's not the same without them throwing fists and it's weird because like that's what people want yeah yeah i those that's those the drama changes like it would not have shortened or extended that scene. Right. It would have all. been the same. But it, we would yeah. have been able to see like ruffled Lucius and have him be like, oh, disgusting. Why'd you touch me? And it's just yeah. freaking hilarious. Yeah. It would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a thing that I know is super minor, but it actually bothered me a lot. Okay. After the whole slugs debacle and they're in the cabin, in the movie, they have Hermione explain like what mudbloods are yeah and that actually made me so angry because it's like how would why would she know that yeah. and i also feel like hagrid 
and Ron's conversation and explanations and like defending Hermione is like really important to me because I feel like this is one of like you see a lot of Ron hating on Hermione in the books and in the movies because he's just you know kind of obnoxious but this is one of those scenes where it like you understand why they're friends where he's like yeah I can I can talk crap about Hermione but you can't especially Mm -hmm, like crossing this line and right in that way and so I know that that's a super minor change but I was like why why did they I don't understand why they made that change I guess we don't need um, that to establish Hermione as more of a genius like we already believe that so I don't know why that needed to happen the way it did it kind of minimizes the other parts of Hermione's character. Like in the movies, she's also more limited than she is in the books. And you don't get to see some of the other sides to her that you see in the movie. And this is a really important side to her in the book where she is. It's a moment where she doesn't know something. And the the few moments we get where Hermione doesn't know something are some of the best character moments for her. Yep. So I, I agree with you on that one. Sure. I feel like a lot of Ron's best lines were given to Hermione in the movie. Yes. Like also some of true. Ron's best moments in the books are kind of like just split into different characters. And I'm like, no, Ron's yeah. awesome. As the movies go on, Ron gets vastly different from the books and it drives me absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. Absolutely nuts. But I was also disappointed that they took out the whole subplot of filch being a squib um, that was on my list too. i thought that was yeah. so interesting in the book that they threw that in there i was like man that gives a whole nother layer to filch's character and why he is maybe so resentful of all these right. magical children mm-hmm. i'm not excusing any of the horrible things he does no, and says, but it but explains so much it explains it mm-hmm. yeah i and- feel like i was just say i just i feel like there are a lot of scenes that you can cut like I feel like cutting the death day party cool not a problem like that would that was fine but there are some things that I feel like the subtle undertone that it sets and the little character developments add up and when you cut some of those it it tends to have a much bigger impact than I think they sometimes realize yeah well and uh, yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have a squib come up again in book five and it's very important and in the movie they just don't even acknowledge it but it's interesting to understand that there's this whole population of people in the wizarding world who are not magic mm-hmm. and like where they fit in the society. I just think it's an interesting conversation and we just kind of brush over it, which is like fine, but yeah. yeah, it definitely adds another social layer to the world that you get in the books where it's like, okay, maybe we should also be reevaluating how these magical people are treating non-magical people who are within their world. Like there's a lot right. of different mm-hmm. layers of privilege in this world that don't translate into the movies like at all, which is mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. And like cutting out those little moments, like you were saying, the death day party definitely makes sense to cut. Like of all the scenes to cut, I think that is one, but I think it negatively impacts the story in the long run because we don't get to see all these moments of Harry and nearly headless Nick kind of building some sort of friendship so that in the fifth movie, when someone dies, I won't spoil it for you, even though like everyone must know what I'm talking about. When Harry goes to find Nick to be like, is he going to be come back as a ghost? Like you don't get the buildup to have those scenes later on. So that whole relationship is just cut basically. 
Mm-hmm. And it starts from this, essentially. But I get cutting the death day party because that would have been an effects horror show. <laughs> the Literally. Other thing, the other scene that they cut that I totally understand why they cut it, but makes me so sad, is the Valentine's Day scene. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Like, I, like, people are almost dying. I can solve this. Yep. Valentine's With song. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I totally understand why it was cut, but I would pay so much money to see little Bonnie Wright watch Daniel Radcliffe get this singing gnome comparing his eyes to a fresh pickled toad. Yes. I would pay so much money for that. Like, (laughs) why is that not the extended version? And instead, the extended version is Tom Felton in a shop. Like, no. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) And is dad abusing him? Like, right. No. Correct. (laughs) Correct. Give us, uh, give us the song. Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, other characters that I wish had more screen time, Fred and George. I love mm-hmm. Fred oh. and George. And them, I know one of you made a note, but they're like, watch out, Arab of Slytherin coming through. Like, <laughs> Master they, of death, make way. Yeah. <laughs> they, and them defending Harry when it comes to the Quidditch match, like them refusing to go anywhere else. They keep hitting the bludgers off. Like, yeah. they are the big brothers that Harry needed and they do it in such a fun way. And they are consistently present throughout all of the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like right. they just, they're so good. And I just want to hear their funny things more. Them Especially- yelling at Oliver Wood to be like, what are you telling him? Catch it or die? Like, what is wrong with you? Right. And especially when they are like, make way for the air of Slytherin, like clear the halls. That Harry specifically talks about how that makes him feel so much better because mm-hmm. they're pointing out, this is so ridiculous. You're talking yep. about- Harry freaking Potter and you're saying that this is him so they turn it into the most outrageous moment and that's where Fred and George really shine in the books and you do get to see their different personalities in the book whereas in the movie they're just one person they're the same person yeah I do Mm -hmm. wish that we'd had the scene of Harry in the library overhearing Ernie McMillan and the other Hufflepuffs Mm -hmm. because I feel like that yeah yeah, it was like that really establishes how isolated he feels. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a continuous issue that he has to deal with for right. the rest of the series, where it's like anytime anything remotely weird happens, everyone in the school like turns on him. And I, I feel like that would have done a lot to establish that timeline in the movie. And it's so hard because it's like on the one hand, I understand the need to like cut movies down, but on the other hand, I feel like it was such a good scene. Also, can we talk about how stupid Crab and Goyle are for eating floating cupcakes? Like, I just I didn't know you that could read. <laughs> I didn't know you but could read. Which makes sense for their characters. Yes. Oh, but so they're good. acting in the scene when they are playing yeah. um, Harry and Ron. Yeah. Like, I never really thought about it until I watched it again today. I was like, they freaking killed it. They had their mannerisms down. Yep. Crab with his like facial expressions. He's like constantly looks mortified. The same face that Ron makes. Yeah. Like, they did such a good job. And it's so interesting that they had to. And it's the same thing that Helena Bonham Carter and Emma Watson yes. have to do later on mm-hmm. is like saying the lines, but then it gets voiceovered with whoever's actually the person with the polyjuice mm-hmm. potion, which is weird because it's like that doesn't happen in the book. So That's I'm like, not they in didn't, the book. They didn't have to do that. They could have right. just had them just talking. 
Yeah. I don't and, know why they did that. It's so bizarre. And it's so inconsistent because this book, we have their voices. Book yeah. four, or in movie four, <laughs> we have Moody, like it's yeah. his mm-hmm. voice. And then right. we get to book seven and all of a sudden, Polyjuice Potion doesn't change your voice again. Come on, it's guys. so bizarre. It is so inconsistent. It makes no sense. Yeah. One thing that I thought was at first, I was like, man, I forgot that the basilisk was described this way. Where it's when they see the shed skin that is poison green, which I assume is like neon, like Joker esque kind of green. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, that would have been so cool instead of this like gross, like stone gray colored basilisk. And then I was like, well, actually, that might be a good thing because I can't imagine that that would have looked good at all if they actually tried to do that in the movie. It would have looked so bad. Um, it was yeah. also only 20 feet in the book. And in the movie, it's this like this huge, 50. Yeah. huge. Yeah. Like, you said you said 50, right? No, 20. 60? Okay, cool. 60. We'll go with 60. Okay, 100 like, no. it is. <laughs> that thing was gnarly. Yeah, huge, which I feel like is hard too because in the book it makes a lot more sense, like how it would have gone around without in the pipes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's like no pipes, no way. In the movie, it's like there is no physical way that it could have moved around without being seen, like even even with the pipes that are massive, there's no physical way no one saw that thing. Like, yeah, also, how did it how's it getting out? I just I have questions. Yeah, absolutely bizarre. Although another basilisk adjacent part, Harry, uh, after he kills the basilisk, he and Tom Riddle have this like extended confrontation where Harry really sticks it to him and gives like this really moving speech about like my mom died to save me and like you'll never understand that. That's I don't I mean, I was paying attention to the movie when I watched it literally this morning, but uh, not closely enough because I'm like, he doesn't do that the same way in the movie. No, but you do get him really aggressively yelling, Albus Dumbledore is the greatest sorcerer in the world. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't care about this. I want to hear Harry sticking it to him with like, my mom. I love my my muggle-born mother. There's a lot of things that are out of order in that scene too. Because, like, yeah. in the movie, he, like, is, like, bleeding out and he thinks he's going to die. And then, like, Fox comes over and he's like, blink, blink, here's some healing tears. But that's not, like, he's already healed before he stabs the book. And so I feel like that's why he was able to have that conversation because he yeah. can, he's, like, fully healed and he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you suck. Instead of, like, I'm going to die, stab, 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 I'm going to die. Right. And then... Blink, blink. I'm not really good. Speaking of die, die, I had definitely forgotten that Lucius Malfoy tries to <laughs> Avada Kedavra Harry. That right? was that is a, a improv on is it J- Jason? Why Jason Isaac? Jason. Jason Isaac improvised that scene. What? Yeah, of course he did. Of course yeah, of he course. did. He's a show stealer. It's, I mean, again, maybe we should fact check what I just said, but I did just read an article <laughs> earlier about how he improvised a few scenes, but that he just, yeah. he just improvised. He was like, what would Lucius Malfoy do in this moment? Try to kill a kid. Yeah. yeah. Why not? But why also, not? He was like this. He was so close to him. And like, Dobby was like, not so today. So close. <laughs> 
because at first he's like a like sound distance away and you're like all right that seems like a normal distance yeah. to cast a spell and then he is right up in his face trying to <laughs> he wants to watch the light leave this 12 year old's eyes oh right absolutely bonkers absolutely bonkers oh, wild <laughs> what a guy I love another Dobby. character oh. that again i understand why they removed him from the movies but peeves oh. i know that peeves is just obnoxious but i love mm-hmm. the idea of these like poltergeists that the wizards just don't care to get rid of like yeah. they totally could mcgonagall you're telling yeah. me that my lord and savior minerva mcgonagall could not <laughs> have <laughs> could not have kicked peeves out right you could have but Absolutely. i just love that they're like you cause problems sure you can stay it is a real bummer because in the first movie we talked about this on our last episode you two were not here obviously so you didn't hear this they filmed we'll watch it though peeves scenes they filmed scenes of peeves and then they just got totally cut they're not Chelsea's in the deleted first. scenes they yeah they were totally cut from the movie but they I've filmed been, them we could have been robbed them. i've been yep. robbed it's yeah. like a whole drama look it up it's fascinating I will yeah. look this up. Yeah. I love drama. <laughs> yeah. We live for the drama. Am I the drama? Is it me? I don't think, think I'm the drama. <laughs> Last Weasley that I, I mean, I care about the entire Weasley family, but Percy's character arc throughout the books, I think is so interesting yeah. because we go from this kid in this book that's like, I'm a prefect. I'm a prefect. Where, why are you gender? Because I'm a prefect. And then he goes to, abandoning his family and thinking that they're all crazy conspiracy theorists and then at the end being like oops like i just i just think it's he's just an interesting character but i love fantastic redemption arc though like in the book his apology scene makes me cry every single time when he shows up and then when fred says did you just tell a joke first and (laughs) oh oh but uh, this does bring growth. up a point I would like to say, though. I feel like this book is the best example, in my opinion, of sorting characters incorrectly. Mm. Because I feel like Percy she just, should have been a Ravenclaw. Percy should have been a Slytherin. Are you kidding me? The ambition of that boy. Like he should have been. He doesn't Slytherin. care That's who he true. steps on to get to the top, honestly. He's just like, like I'll do it. I'll go up to the I top. feel like Percy should have been a Slytherin. I feel like you're telling me that Hagrid, <laughs> you're telling me that Hagrid is not a Hufflepuff. I'm sorry, I know. not buying it. And if he wasn't a Hufflepuff, I feel like he should have been a Slytherin. And let me tell you why, okay? Because in the flashback, Tom Riddle like is intimately connected with Hagrid, right? Like he knows his name, he knows where he's at. Hagrid's keeping this thing in the dungeon. Why on earth would a Gryffindor keep his little pet monster? While he's living in the tower in the dungeon, why would he know, like, Mm. Tom? I just feel like there's a lot of connections there that it makes a lot more sense to me for Tom to have known him. Like, they were different years in school. I just feel like it's weird Mm. that they knew each other unless they were in the same house. But also, the way uh, Tom is, Voldemort is, is that he is going to look for those social outcasts to exploit them for his benefits, too. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I think the sorting thing is Maybe interesting. Was a- I definitely think Percy could have been a Slytherin for sure. Oh, totally. But I do stand by, I think Hagrid should have been a Hufflepuff, hands down. Like, I feel like he's a textbook yeah. Hufflepuff. We should but have that's- had way more Hufflepuffs. Oh, 100%. Just- 
Justin Finch Flinch Fletchley that's like, you tried to kill me. And then yeah. well, freaking Ernie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Zachariah Smith isn't enough for you. We do have Tonks, and I do adore Tonks. Mm, that's but true. but I think the I sorting don't feel discussion. Like Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I feel like the sorting discussion also gets into that territory of like, at the end of the day, as Harry shows us, it's about where you want to be too, is a part of it. And like having that kind of choice in the matter. So I think that's probably part of it. Because if you think of Percy, he's like, okay, my two older brothers started before me. They were in Gryffindor. My parents were in Gryffindor. And like, I think Percy does start out with so much of that family loyalty and like he does value that. But then as he gets into the academic life and sees where he can go, that's when he begins to change. That's fair. But I also think he's jealous of his siblings and how like close they all are and everything. So he wants to fit into that. So that's why he wants to be in Gryffindor. And then I didn't see myself going in this hard on this, but. You mean we shouldn't just fully judge 11-year-olds on how they're going to, like, what their life projection is? What if people got resorted every year? What if they just were <laughs> separated by age <laughs> and houses just didn't exist and it was just, like, first years are all together, second no, years no, are no, all we together? Want, we, want randomized. we want houses. <laughs> It just clicked Don't be crazy. shuffle year three Malfoy and Potter are in the same house. Can you imagine them as roommates? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I was gonna say, isn't that uh, isn't that Rainbow Roll? Isn't that her whole thing? Carry on, Simon Snow. Haven't isn't read that. that? Oh, I haven't read that. Oh, I'm pretty oh. sure it's um I'm pretty sure. Don't fact check me. Pretty Some sure dreary. Yeah, I think it is. No, I'm serious. Interesting. I would have loved to see them be best friends. <laughs> anyway. Honestly, I could also, just as I could write a full thesis on the assassination of Ginny Weasley's character in these movies, I could also <laughs> write a full thesis on why Draco Malfoy deserved a better redemption arc and how stinky yes. JK could have actually done something positive with his story and shown you are more than what your parents raised you to be in these toxic environments. But, mm-hmm. you know... I digress. I digress. I digress. I could write pages. I could write full books on these characters and what they mean to me. Anyway. Cool. Well, was there was there anything you guys thought was a positive change to this to this movie? I know that I know that there are some. But they don't have to um, oh, you know what it is? Nope, there is. There is. Iconic, one of my favorite scenes in all of the movies. Scared Potter. You, you wish. wish. <laughs> Gosh. Yes. Just, my little brother and I would reenact that growing up all the time. It was the best. I you know they have a new Hallmark ornament this year that Tim's mom bought for me that is to like dueling Harry and Dracos holding their wands like this. It's the cutest little thing. It's so cute. <laughs> It's so funny. So I, I just got those recently. I'm like, man, I can't wait for Christmas so I can hang these dueling children on my tree. <laughs> I think, and maybe it's not a positive change per se, but the way that the movies make the Dursleys so much nicer than they are, they're still awful. Because uh, I think they realize that we need to make these people palatable to movie audiences because they're so cartoonishly evil in the books. They're like, we cannot mm-hmm. portray this on film. They're straight up 
horribly abusive to Harry in so many scenes and the movies dial that down so much so I don't necessarily think that it's a positive change because you don't really realize how horrible they are in the movies fully but I think it was a change that was kind of smart in a way to be like we can show this in a movie yeah we also talked about in our first Harry Potter episode about a lot of Quidditch maybe wasn't the way to go. One Quidditch match I is fine. I liked the Quidditch in the books. <laughs> in the books. <laughs> yes. And I understand that like the technology at that time was not what it is now. But I loved Professor McGonagall's passion about Quidditch. I loved like the rivalry between like the heads of houses. And I just, I, I, so I missed some of that aspect of these kids are in junior high. And like, of course, sports and girls and friendships are going to feel so heavy and so big and so important. But I understand why they did. They didn't need every Quidditch match of the season in every movie. I I get that. Yeah. The best parts of the Quidditch for me is Lee Jordan's and then Luna Lovegood's and Zachary Smith commentary. I love especially Lee's commentary is hilarious. I love it so much so so much but yeah i think that's all for changes honestly (laughs) yep well i have a few questions my first question is why when they all go to diagon alley at the end of july ish it's july it's august why are they in sweaters (laughs) but they must have been really hot granted UK is currently in the middle of a massive heat wave in like real time where we're at. I'm like, but it still would have been hot at this time. It's the hottest part of the summer. Like sweaters and cloaks. They're full cloaks. That's a really good point. Harry has like a mock neck sweater on it. And I was like, dude. Never thought about this. sweating. (laughs) Right. It must have been cold when they were filming. So they were like, well, we'll just go with it. We'll just ignore <laughs> it. I'm not sure I'm I don't know. That. They were indoors. They were That's indoors. true. They were they also, it's also the UK, and most of the UK doesn't have air conditioning. No. It's right. hot. It's flipping hot. It's flipping hot. So yeah, first, I don't know what the question. choice was there. You're absolutely correct. That is a glaring issue. Glaring issue. My, mm. a, a connected question, because it's based, like, it happens in that same scene. Why... Why do we just throw out the rule of you can't do magic outside of school unless you're Hermione fixing Harry's glasses? <laughs> or I you're in completely. book three, Harry using it just as a flashlight. I'm just using it as a flashlight. Yeah. That's not magic. That's what I was watching the movie with my roommate Stacy and her boyfriend Gus, and he was like, Wait, she's not allowed to use magic. I think I like, here's my theory in Prisoner of Azkaban. I think Harry obviously should just be using a flashlight because he lives literally in a muggle house. So like he has a flashlight, but in Diagon Alley, I think my theory is that there's so much magic there that they yeah. can't identify can't specifically. That's actually yeah. an accurate point. They make that point later in the books where they can't oh. actually tell specifically who's doing right. it, but just they can the tell where the magic area. happens. And because in those moments where Harry does get in trouble with using mm-hmm. magic outside of school, he's in a muggle home. It's yeah, obviously right. him. Right. So he's the only one. Yeah. So I hate that logic, but like that does Mrs. Right. Weasley fixes his glasses in the book. Just saying. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, they just were like, Hermione's good at magic. We like, need to show this because we need to change her character. So I have two questions related to the basilisk. Okay. My first question is that it was a good boss fight. Like, it was scary. I was like, uh-oh, is he going to win? But also, that's all it took to kill that massive snake was a little... Again, uh, an issue with them making the size so big right. in the movie. It's a yeah. huge snake, yeah. and he just goes with a little toothpick. <laughs> Is it just because yeah. it's Godric Gryffindor sword? Like, is that what we're supposed to? I guess he got it perfectly in the brain, like severed the brain stem. I don't know how snakes. His work, arms not but... that long. That's a huge mouth. It's just like yeah. the roof of his mouth. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is a very good point. Um, Absolutely. Second related question is: moments before he was sprawling. I'm sprawling right now on a stone, <laughs> trying to reach his sword. And then we get a jump cut and he is lunging into the snake's mouth. And I'm like, when did you become Spider-Man? Like Harry is so agile. How did you get up that fast? He he rolled a 20 on agility for that turn. Yes. Yes. So I was like, that seems that seems fast. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my questions. Thank you. To be fair. We do know that the sword of Gryffindor absorbs things, right? Mm. Cause it, right? So we don't know what magic it might have. It's absorbed true. And that's what I'm saying. Like point. maybe it is because yeah. it was Godric's sword, but still, right. it was like it's a possibility. Yeah. possibility. And then them goblins know how to make weapons. Yeah. Them goblins. We don't want to give JK too much credit for planning <laughs> these things ahead of time. <laughs> I think she accidentally closed a lot of loopholes because of things like that i love these books so much but they're a hot mess sometimes <laughs> some little things yeah little things all right what did we think about the setting the borough a plus amazing i want to live in the borough i just want to be a oh, weasley i know mm-hmm. i mean i know Absolutely. i have my own family i love you mom if you're listening to this but i want redheaded siblings i want it and I want those redheaded siblings. I want I Fred and George to be my older brothers. That's I want handmade sweaters every Christmas. Yeah. So. Oh, I mm-hmm. want one so I, bad. Oh my gosh. That is one of my favorite. I know this is not exactly on topic. One of my favorite aspects of Harry and Ron's relationship is Ron's embarrassment of his family. Basically, like he's poor and he is just, he's trying to find his place. And he's been made fun of for so long with by people like freaking Draco but then Harry comes in and just is so in love with his family and loves the kindness and everything and just like thrives on it and makes Ron feel so special. Like their balance of their relationship. Oh, it makes me so happy. Even, Absolutely. even beyond just like the family, like him being excited, excited to like go help denome the garden or yes. when they walk into his room and like Ron is all awkward and embarrassed and Harry's just like, I love it. It's like, great. this is amazing. Yeah. I love them so much. I, know. I feel like you you don't get to see as much of their like best friendship in the movies as you do in the book. Yeah. Yeah. The movies miss a lot of the nuance of all the characters for mm-hmm. sure. What about our soundtrack style? Chef's I mean, kiss. Ten. Ten. John Williams. He, ne- he never misses. He never man. misses. He never Although there is, this is the movie where there's in the Quidditch match, it's literally just music from Star mm-hmm. Wars because in the studio hallway, there was a collision of people. The papers went everywhere and the wrong score ended up in the wrong pile. 
So there's literally Star Wars music in the Quidditch match in this because of just like a mix up of the papers of the score. I'm going to go listen to it again. I am too. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. You heard it here. Maybe heard it here first. Heard it, heard it here first, folks. <laughs> that's incredible. That's, that's a that's a Tim Waugh fact for you. That that's straight wow. from Tim. Wait, so Dude. does Star Wars have Harry Potter music? I don't think so. I think it's just this one occurrence of it. Yeah, interesting. Star interesting. Wars. They saw Star Wars as like a bigger deal. <laughs> George Lucas was like, um, actually, that sounds like the Harry Potter music. We should cut that out. <laughs> I loved that impression so much. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was so good. Another oh. thing that I've stolen from Tim. All right, let's get into our favorite, my favorite segment, at least, of the pod. <laughs> our favorite quotes. I I'm have gonna, so many. I know. I'm going to start so this good. off. It's not a quote, but when <laughs> Harry and Ron are in the flying car and they're trying to find the train and then voila the train is behind them and they look back and Hedwig's eyes just like <laughs> hold bug out <laughs> I laughed so hard iconic oh, it was so I was Absolutely. like yes give Hedwig her moment in this mm-hmm. movie and then um, Mrs. Weasley's two speeches oh. in this movie absolutely iconic where have you where been? have you been? do i quote anything more than that i don't think no, so absolutely no no oh my god you could have died so you could have been you seen, seen. <laughs> the the more iconic one to me actually is the howler is the howler no, no, yeah. the weasley which i think is actually a positive change because they shorten it for the movie and it just flows so well so in the brilliantly movie. Uh, mm-hmm. how dare you steal how that car also then I adding the little snippet at the end of like yes oh and jenny dear, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good i love the howler <laughs> um, so, good. So, good. so when i listened to the audiobook i did it on a road trip with my husband and brother-in-law who don't read they don't really read and they never listened to the audiobooks before and so we were listening to obviously the Jim Dale one because it's the best. Yeah. So good. They made me listen to it at one speed, which was a tiny bit painful. It's torture. So painful. Torture. But I, I will say yeah. it made anytime Gilderoy Lockhart says Harry's name, like we Harry. cry. Harry. 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 <laughs> Harry. <laughs> Anytime he says his name, I, we would just like cry laughing. And I was like, oh my gosh. So it's good. So funny. <laughs> we have the when they go into the burrow and Ron says, it's not much, but it's home. I think oh, it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> oh, they're so, so cute. Good. I love them. Another Lockhart moment <laughs> where in the book it's like, Lockhart would say things such as this or this. And in the movie, they're like, we're just going to take both of those things and shove them right together, even though it doesn't make any sense. Where he's like, fame is a fickle friend, Harry. Celebrity is as celebrity, celebrity does. does. <laughs> yep. I love the part where, and I think it's just the way that Robbie Coltrane's voice sounds on this specific line after Hermione gets called the mudblood for the first time and they're talking about it. And they're talking about how there's no spell Hermione can't do. And he goes, and it's cod swallop to boot. <laughs> he says <laughs> to boot. So weird. It's cod swallop to boot. <laughs> it's just like, it caught me so off guard on this one. I was like, so that's amazing. <laughs> He's so cute though. He's like such a perfect Hagrid. I would die yeah. for him. 
<laughs> wow. It's going in so quickly. I would. Yeah. I would. I'm just going to jump to the end because Hagrid yeah. makes sense to Azkaban because they think he's the one killing or like petrifying the students. Yep. And then when he comes back and Harry's like, there's no hook what's without you, Hagrid. And then everyone starts <gasps> clapping for him. clapping. So good. <laughs> and the scene where Crab. I can't remember if it's Crab starts to stand up and Crab He's like, get uh, down here. Uh, uh, I, was, so I good. was literally watching it crying. Yes. So oh, good. another uh, Crab and Goyle moment when Goyle still has the glasses on when they're using the polyjuice potion. He says, oh, they're for reading. And old Malfoy goes, I didn't know you could, read. could read. That <laughs> was ad-libbed. That was an improv line. Yes. Stop. I knew that. Yes. I actually knew that. Oh, yes. This is that the improv movie. That's so amazing. It's the freaking Malfoys. Look at them go. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's just like, riffing off his dad's energy. <laughs> real. Like, even at the end, like, that when Daniel Radcliffe ad-libs mm-hmm. the line where, yes. he, where Isaac is like, let's hope Harry Potter's always here to save the day. Don't, don't, worry. don't worry. I will be. I will be. <laughs> It's so oh, dramatic. It's so good. And Jason Isaacs talks about that moment in yes. the reunion special and how he got like chills from just working with this child actor. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. good. It's so, so good. cool. This is oh, also I just oh, feel ahead, like we have to acknowledge like the last time that we get to see this version of Dumbledore in the movies. Yeah. I know. Which is which is the accurate Dumbledore? Yes. Sad. It's hard because I do feel like um, I can't remember the other guy. Richard Harris is in the first two. And then Michael Gambon. Yes. Michael Gambon. I do feel like he does a little bit better job of capturing Dumbledore's like quirkiness, but then Richard Harris does a much better job of like encapsulating like this calm, quiet old mentor yeah. figure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like Michael Richard- Gambon didn't read the books. He was just like, I'm just going to be a weird old dude. Yeah. He didn't. That actually makes me angry. Sorry, I interrupted you though, Matt. What were you saying? No, I was just saying we were talking about it last time. It's like Richard Harris just has the Dumbledore twinkle. Yeah. Like, yes. He's just got and the it. half moon spectacles are perfect on him. Yes. I know. And my favorite one of my favorite Dumbledore lines is in this book. And he says, It's our choices, Harry, that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it is. Killing it. Killing it's it. So good. Yeah. And then my absolute favorite line of this whole movie that I truly quote more than any other line, not sure why it's this, uh, when they're leaving the Chamber of Secrets <laughs> and Lockhart's memory has been erased, he goes, amazing. This is it's just like so magic. Like- <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to me. And I quote it all the time. Like anytime something cool happens, I'm like, this is just like magic. Lockhart has one of my favorite cameos in the later books in book five when after Mr. Weasley is hurt and they go to the hospital visit him over Christmas and that's Mm -hmm. when they run into Neville with his parents in the hospital we get to see Lockhart who's just like smiling and walking around and he's just chilling and that's just where he's been for the last three years or two years Honestly, yeah. though, cutting that scene from the fifth movie was a travesty. Yeah. The whole fifth that, movie is low-key a travesty. There's uh, so much. I feel like they did such a... Movie five, they did such a good job with Umbridge. Umbridge. Yeah. 
like the things they get right mm-hmm. they get so right but there's so much missing Which it drives like, me I, nuts there were a lot of things that they unnecessarily cut well, once again like. we miss so much of these characters background and so we miss mm-hmm. so much of their art mm-hmm. and like understanding yeah. who they are i feel like that's Absolutely. where they so really Neville just- is yeah, the nail and just a goober, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like the nail in Jenny's coffin is in that fifth one. Yes, yeah, I think that's. I mean, I would say we will always with Harry Potter recommend you read the books, then watch the movies. Yes, yeah, that kind of wraps up our discussion. But so thanks, Chelsea and Taryn, for joining us. This was so fun. So thanks much for fun. having us on. <laughs> Been the best ever, guys. <laughs> Thanks for being with us on this podcast journey. Yeah. No problem. When you didn't tell us that you were starting a podcast and you just posted your first episode and we were like happily livid with you, it was like the best day of my life. (laughs) Taryn sent me the, like the funniest text, like, how dare they, how dare they not tell us? (laughs) Well, didn't we do, did we like follow, we did something. We were like, let's see if they noticed this. I we think- followed you from our podcast Instagram account before it was like fully set up. <laughs> do you think I'm like-, like looking at every single person that follows us? Maybe you should be. I'm sorry. <laughs> and now I am. What's, what other secrets are hidden we're in our know. Oh man, but truly, this was so fun. Um, so next, much fun. Next episode is the second half of our fan cast for Throne of Glass. Ooh. So we're looking at Air of Fire, Queen of Shadows, Empire of Storms, Tower of Dawn, Dawn. Tower of Dawn. And watch out, you can watch out for our episode. By the time this comes out, we may have done our Air of Fire episode Ooh. with with me, with Mad, and then. And then a couple books later, Cass is going to come on and do our Tower of Dawn review. So you need a Tower of Dawn stand. You need a Kale stand for this episode. And I'm here to do it. She (laughs) is the woman for the job. Yeah, I was like, no one is more qualified to do it than you, Cass. Truly (laughs) Truly none. But yeah, we have an email address now if you want to send us recommendations. The red carpet pod at gmail.com. Send those. Still the most clever podcast name ever. Big okay. fan, I love, big fan. I love it. <laughs> perfect. Credit to Cass yeah. on that. I I did come up with that one. We had so many ideas. So many ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, you can of course follow us on the Instagram at the Red Carpet Pod. The Red Carpet Pod. At the Red Carpet Pod. You can follow our bookstagrams. Uh, Madison is at Reading Rainbow. I'm at Fictional Cast. And if you loved listening, leave us a little, little review. If you have a negative review, send it to the email. Just keep the positive <laughs> reviews for the podcast apps. And uh, follow, follow, subscribe. Follow Chelsea and Taryn. Stuff. Yeah, follow Chelsea uh, and Taryn. Checked out and overdue. <laughs> checked out and overdue. They're on yeah. everywhere podcasts are. Yes. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm checked out and overdue follow rate review subscribe them to all positive we're pretty wonderful. cool i'm gonna plug really quick chelsea and terrence podcast checked out and overdue i'm saying it again so that you know what it's called mm-hmm. but they do something on their podcast that i think is like one of the coolest things the first like half of their book review episodes they do a spoiler free yes. segment Super so that cool. they can like talk about the book in general and then they go into a spoiler section, which I think is really cool. And I love it. And that's why I ended up wanting to read Anxious People because I listened to the spoiler free part and I was like, I got to read this book. So it's really cool. So if you see all their episodes, you're like, I haven't read this book. 
doesn't you matter. You can still listen to the episode because they do spoiler free parts. And, and it's then awesome. When you get to be a guest, you get to make the fun siren noises. Super fancy. Very we had no exciting. idea we were starting. <laughs> that's the best. But that's all we got for you for this episode. It's it's been great. It's been a blast. Thank you again, Chelsea and Taryn, for coming on. And you guys so Madden cast and Chelsea and Taryn. And Chelsea and Taryn. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Bye.